approach to business. Welcome everybody! Not everything that can be faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless it is faced. A quote by the visionary James Baldwin. Welcome to Pollinating Purpose, a caring approach to business by Pillar Nonprofit Network. I am your host and constant adventurer, Mariam Waluigi. I also am the social enterprise program manager and coach here at Pillar Nonprofit Network. For those of you who are new here, which will be everyone because this is our very first episode, Pollinating Purpose is a show about supporting organizations who seek to have impact in the work that they do. Whether nonprofit, for-profit, or grassroots organization, you'll learn key considerations to starting or growing your social purpose business with longevity and sustainability in mind. Along the way, you'll also hear stories from folks who are doing similar work in their community and hearing from leaders in their field on how to best approach this work. Today, I am so, so thrilled to have our very first guest as my friend, colleague, and director, Rachel Burdan. Rachel is an organizational strategist and heart-centered coach with over 10 years of experience in the impact sector. Rachel joined Pillar in 2019 from B-Lab, where she built strategy and capacity to grow B Corp, uh, brand awareness, and Canadian identity within the B Corp movement. Previously, she was the Chief Operating Officer for Our Traction, a London, Ontario-based creative marketing agency, and B Corp. Rachel holds an MA in Global Leadership from Royal Roads University and has navigated significant changes in leadership and hard pivots throughout her career. Rachel has developed the capacity to not only bring clarity and stability during internal change, uh, but also spark innovation and collaboration in service of shifting systems. This is one heck of a bio, and it honestly doesn't even begin to cover how wonderful and incredible Rachel is. I am so very fortunate to have Rachel as a leader, a friend, and a colleague in my work. Uh, my understanding of how to coach and how to facilitate learning around the topic of social purpose business and social enterprise has been deeply and positively impacted by her presence in my work. Uh, she is one of my favorite people, as well as one of my dog's favorite people. Um, I'm thrilled to welcome Rachel Burdan. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Miriam. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, and welcome to the very first episode of Pollinating Purpose. I am thrilled. Uh, thank you. Uh, you have been along on this journey for a long time. I sure have. Um, <laughs> and I am very grateful for that. <laughs> me too. Um, okay, so very first episode, which kind of means we're just going to get into like what social enterprise is, what it can mean, all of those questions that you and I both get asked a lot. Um, so let's just kind of start with that. Like what is social enterprise? What is social enterprise? I mean, it depends who you ask is usually the first thing that I say, and it depends what sector uh, that person's from because we have different uh, definitions depending on where we come from. So what does that mean? Essentially, the sector a person works in will influence the priorities and values someone might have when thinking about social enterprise. 
There are so many facets to what a social enterprise is and can be, and depending on what a sector typically considers important will influence how a person working in that sector defines social enterprise. A traditional for-profit, high-growth business sector will look at things really differently than a social service nonprofit. Uh, from my perspective, though, it's really, you know, it's finding that space uh, between how you make your money and where you find your impact and, uh, and how those things intersect. It's not new uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, um, you know, in many spaces, it is simply how business is done and how community is done in terms of, um, you know, finding livelihood and considering the planet and considering uh, community um, in a good way, uh, you know, shared prosperity in that context, that sort of thing. Um, but if somebody were to ask me, uh, you know, what, uh, like what counts, um, it's really where the impact and how the work is done and how you make your money um, are inextricably linked. Um, the difference being, you know, like in a, in a for-profit business with a, you know, CSR program, a corporate social responsibility program. CSR, corporate social responsibility. The words all make sense, but do they? Basically, think of CSR as a branch, arm, or social purpose initiative of a corporation. Maybe a certain telecommunications company comes to mind. Rachel dives into it a bit further, but what really distinguishes a corporate social responsibility model from that of a social enterprise is the relationship of the social impact to the rest of the operational and values model of an organization. In a CSR model, the day-to-day -day operations or values of an organization don't necessarily reflect the values or intent of the social responsibility work. With the social enterprise, this social element is foundational. It informs the entire model of the organization and influences how decisions are made. It's really great that organizations do that and it's not necessarily part of the DNA of the whole organization. It's a very kind of specific program that has energy um, uh, dedicated to it around community impact, but that community impact isn't necessarily deeply embedded um, in the way that the business functions or in the sort of charity nonprofit space. It's that sort of, you know, um, selling t-shirts uh, as, as an awareness building or fundraising activity, but that's, you know, t-shirts aren't really the impact that you're trying to create in the world. So, um, you know, again, those are really important activities, but maybe not necessarily exactly a social enterprise, but where we see um, those, you know, business activities, money-making activities, and community uh, impact piece really inextricably linked, I think, is at the heart of what a social enterprise mm -hmm. is all about. Yeah, I think, and I can't remember exactly what it was that you told me, we have many a conversation, um, but one of the things that I've sort of built from conversations with you is like this idea that the impact that an organization wants to have is informs all of the decision making around, you know, the service and the product that they're selling. Like exactly. that's how they're connected versus, yeah, that, you know, that CSR approach or the means to an end in terms of raising money is something that isn't actually a core part exactly. of the organization. Yeah. Um, 
Which, yeah, and I think you touched on a really great point about social enterprise in that it's different depending on who you talk to, um, which is because it's not a legal structure. It's, it is a definition or it's, a, I guess, a, a categorization of how you choose to operate your business, but it's not a structural piece. Okay, so what are some examples of legal designations? There are sole proprietorships, partnerships, nonprofits, or even a cooperative. All of these are types of organizational structures and could also theoretically be a social enterprise. Um, so, you know, thinking about that and knowing that, what do you think are some key considerations to think about when starting your social enterprise? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think in, in all sort of... Um, uh, or in, in sort of dominant, I guess I would say, uh, entrepreneurial spaces, so often the question is, what problem are you trying to solve? Um, and I think that's a really important one. I think some added layers or some really important layers that are not unique to social enterprise, but I think are, are really important to consider as well, is like, what problem are you trying to solve, but also why? What's your relationship to that problem? Are you thinking about um, doing for or doing with? Quick aside. So this idea of doing for or doing with is so important as we talk about the social enterprise and social impact space. Sometimes the philanthropic model can have a saviorism approach that is deeply harmful. When the beneficiary of the work that you're doing is a community or group of people that you don't belong to, it's absolutely vital to validate the needs that you're addressing. So what does that mean? It means building relationships and trust with the people you're aiming to support with the work that you're doing. It means listening to their needs and wants and working alongside them to address the issue rather than simply offering a solution. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and as you get a few layers deeper into, I think, answering some of those questions in a good way, then I think you start to get to what... Um, what do I actually need in order to uh, get where I'm trying to go? So, um, so you're right. There is no there is no true legal structure for social enterprise. Um, they can be for profit. They can be nonprofit. They can be cooperatives. Cooperatives can be for profit and nonprofit. It's very complicated. I'm not a lawyer. I usually tell people that they should probably talk to one. Do I like to think that I have all the answers? You bet. Do I? Absolutely not. Some of the most common questions I receive from folks looking to develop a social enterprise model center around what type of legal structure to have, whether for-profit or not-for-profit, how their taxes will work, things like that. All completely valid questions, and ones that I can't really ethically answer. A lot of the answers to these types of questions involve legal considerations or tax implications, and I just don't have that expertise. As you start to develop your social enterprise, it's helpful for, to know who you need to talk to to get the information you need. If that's something that you need help navigating, a social enterprise coach, such as yours truly, can help. Um, but, I mean, really, if you, if you know what you're trying to do, why you're trying to do it, who might need to be involved, how you might want to make decisions, that can help to kind of narrow down at least what directions you might want to um, you might want to go in terms of you know the legal governance structure um, uh, 
um, that, that, that will serve that purpose and, and get you where you're trying to go. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, definitely some of those conversations require people who are very skilled um, in ways in which, you know, a, a coach wouldn't be. Like it involves lawyers, it involves accountants. There are ramifications of making those decisions, um, or not necessarily ramifications, but impacts of making those decisions that you'd want to be well-versed in. Um, that, yeah, that really decide, you know, how your your organization or business operates in in the ways to serve the mission that you have. Exactly. And actually, I was just talking to someone earlier today about, um, it's not exactly the same, but we were talking about the social finance space and how really, like, law hasn't necessarily fully caught up with where the moment that we're in right now. And so, um, and I think that applies to social enterprise to some degree as well. We don't quite have legal structures available um, to do what I think so many, uh, so many folks want to do. And so um, I think it is, it's important to, to, you know, I think coaching can be really important in, in terms of helping folks figure out where they're trying to go and why they're trying to get there um, and, and sort of what's really important. And then, you know, lawyers can really help with like, but this is what you can do within yeah. the context of what we're, um, you know, what we're navigating and where it's actually possible to shift around yeah. uh, the systems as they are yeah. in this moment. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Um, okay, so we've sort of already touched on this. Um, I'll reiterate it again so we can maybe answer it in a different way. Um, but, you know, like how are social enterprises different, you know, from other models? You, we've talked about the cooperative. We've talked about you can be a non-for-profit or a for-profit social enterprise. Like how does that how does it all work? Um, and you know, how can they be similar? Like, how can they all be social enterprise? Um, and what are some ways in which they're they're different as well? Yeah. So I think you know where social enterprises may be different from traditional for-profit business is really that impact first piece, and where social enterprise is a little different from your sort of traditional charity model is the earned revenue piece. Not sure what earned revenue is? Sit tight. We are getting there. And the earned revenue, um, you know, certainly charities are moving more and more toward um, uh, that sort of earned revenue piece as well, recognizing that we do need to diversify, um, you know, for the, the, the sake of financial sustainability of an organization so we can continue on with mission. Um, at, you know, here at Pillar, we do talk about like shifting to the middle, so recognizing that those are two um, you know, different ends of a, of a spectrum. And there is, you know, we're at a place of kind of readiness for not, we don't have to be either or. There is, there is a space for those two pieces to connect. So um, really it's, uh, I think, what is uh, different and particular about social enterprises, really that sort of impact and, um, you know, financial sustainability to continue on with, uh, with the work in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, just because we know we know that social enterprise is potentially a new term for a lot of folks, um, when we talk about earned revenue, can you like expand a little bit more? Told you. Yeah. So um, so yeah. Um, so where I was talking very specifically in the context of charities. So I think a lot of us are probably familiar with donations. So that's one way that you can um, you can receive funds. Um, as a charity, there's um, you know sponsorships as well is is another 
uh, is another sort of avenue. Grants are another sort of avenue. Um, and I, you know, truly this language is weird to me because it's all earned. Like human human energy goes into yeah, um, yeah. creating um, those <laughs> those opportunities for uh, to earn funds, but also. Um, yeah, when we're talking about earned revenue, another way to think of it is like um, uh, money that comes in through uh, what you might think of as sort of more traditional businessy means. Um, so it's in exchange for a product or service um, in, a, in, you know, in a different way than sort of outlining in a grant proposal uh, what's, what's going to be delivered. It's all kind of weird and messy. Aren't we all? because like, is it, human energy is at the heart of um, all of this work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why, you know, when we talk about social enterprise is complex um, and it, it can be nuanced, it's because uh, I, I often feel like this, you know, this term sort of social enterprise um, has ended up being like a little bit jargony um, and very much like a sector piece. Where, as you were saying earlier, like, you know, this way of doing business is, it's been around for a very long time. Um, it is the core way of operating for a lot of different communities. Um, so, yeah, trying to find that balance of, you know, it's community care at its core is, is like, you know, the community is a part of what, um, or I guess the benefit to the community is a part of what makes a social enterprise or a, a organization who's grounded in social purpose successful like that is a key element um, yeah well and i think um i mean building on the community aspect too i mean there are so uh so many folks who start something for community benefit who um, may choose not to register as a charity for a lot of reasons, any number of reasons. First of all, it's expensive and it's a lot of work and there's a high degree of accountability, um, of course, but there are a lot of barriers to, to registering as, as a charity as well. Some of these barriers are things like the cost, as Rachel mentioned, um, the flexibility around decision making and the speed at which you can adapt, and also needing to participate in systems that are inherently a part of being a charity um and uh and it's not it's not the right model for a lot of things um it is the right model for some and that's cool too but uh you know having um having some degree of flexibility in terms of going about solving problems in a, in a slightly different way than um, maybe the model might, uh, the charitable model might uh, make it um, sort of uh, easy to do is, is, um, is, is I think a big piece. Uh, I think um, there's, there's so much permission to have impact in a different kind of way in the social enterprise model. There's an opportunity to approach in a really entrepreneurial sense and pivot with um, the changes that will, simply will show up when you're intentionally working with community once you start to engage with folks in a meaningful way. Um, exactly how to approach solving the problem emerges in a, in, a, in a whole different way than you might consider before you start engaging with stakeholders. Um, so being, being able to start in kind of a more informal way is really, really useful when it comes to that sort of community development, community care lens. Um, and, you know, I, I think 
uh, it's just, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we, we, don't, we don't have to be in an either or space. There's a, there really is a space for kind of both um, that sort of impact and, and financial sustainability piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, the piece around one model might not be the best model for someone, but it could be for someone else exactly. is, is such an important piece because so often I feel that folks are either expecting to be told what the best option is or um, they are being told what the best option is. And both of those are really difficult because, you know, it's not a decision for anyone else. It's, it's really, you know, what is the best thing for you, your organization, the, the changes in the community that you want to have, and, you know, the outcomes that you're looking for. That's what makes something better or less than better. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm great at this. Um, but, you know, that idea of like it's what makes something better or less than ideal um, for someone is going to be a very different parameter for one person to the next, for one exactly. organization to the next. Um, so, yeah, we can't be very prescriptive about it because it's so subjective. It is, yeah. 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 Okay, perfect. Okay, so now kind of leaning into um, some pieces that we mentioned in your bio of your 10 plus years in this space and your time coaching. Um, so as someone who has coached social enterprises, um, having previously been in my role as the social enterprise coach here at Pillar, um, what are some of the first questions that you get asked um, from folks seeking support? Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the first questions I almost always would get asked was, is this a social enterprise? Um, which, <laughs> um, you know, often, I, I think we've, we've kind of said this in a number of ways, but it's sort of, you know, sure, if you want it to be, um, you know, with the exception of, of a few, uh, you know, if there's, you know, extraction in your industry name, probably it's going to be really hard to get around to making that a social enterprise. Um, with the exception of a few very clearly and very uh, like essentially extractive and exploitative industries. Um, yeah, it can be. Um, again, if you're if you're earning um, if you're if you're using business strategies and you're earning money in a way that is inextricably linked from you know to your to your impact, uh, then yeah, sure, it can be. So that really was, you know, one of the first questions. I like to call this the choose your own adventure approach. It's this understanding that you know your organization best. If you're intentional and aware of your impact and you want to call your organization a social enterprise, then heck yeah, you're a social enterprise. Um, the other one is, we, you know, it was our opening question, which is what even is a social enterprise? And um, uh, what is the right legal structure? We did talk about that a little bit too. Um, and then, you know, honestly, a lot of it is, am I doing this right? Um, and I think that's where, um, the personal relationship with the impact that you want to have in the world is such an important piece of social enterprise development because the answer if you're truly, um, you know, seeing and particularly directly impacted by, by the problem that you're trying to address, but seeing a problem and 
um, and, and, and really connected with that in a deep personal way and have a deep personal why attached to, you know, uh, seeing a gap in the market, if you will, for, you know, the, you know, to use um, that sort of entrepreneurial language. Uh, then, I mean, you're probably doing it right to some degree, right? I mean, obviously, it can, it can be helpful to get a little bit of support around, you know, what do I need to think about financially is another piece. Um, uh, and I think, you know, I always come around to, well, what do you need financially uh, in order to do what you're trying to do? Um, I think so often uh, in the entrepreneurial space in particular, and I would say, uh, I mean, in I'm, you know, the nonprofit sector is a little newer to me because I came into my work through the private sector, but I think in, in our space as well, um, the way that we think about impact is usually, is so often funder driven rather than heart driven. Um, which it has its reasons, and I get why that is. Um, you know, capacity is tight. You focus where you need to focus. Um, but at the end, and, and you know, in the entrepreneurial space, so often we grow because you're supposed to grow, and you get to a certain point, and then you're supposed to scale. Um, I think we come around to you know, but what actually feels right for you again in terms of the impact that you want to have, and the um, uh, you know, the way that you want to have and be in business, have a business and be in business. Um, if you can answer those questions in a way that, you know, you can look at what you're doing and you can, um, uh, you know, see the link between what you're doing and feeling aligned to the work, then you're doing it right. Yeah. Um, so I know you didn't ask me to answer the question <laughs> that I most recent, most often get, but I, I do think it is one of the big ones is like, am I doing this right? And I think, um, I think it's important that folks hear that, like, if you if you're heart aligned and you're like, you know, able to yeah. pay the bills, then you're doing it right. Yeah, you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, One of the first questions I like to ask folks who are developing their social enterprise model is, "What is your definition of success?" For some people, that answer might be financial, but for others, it can look like being able to participate in their community in meaningful ways or having the capacity, both financially or emotionally, to contribute to organizations that are important to them. Everyone's version of success can, and likely does, look different. Yeah, and then the other one often is where, where can I get money? Um, how can I get funded? Um, which has both real answers and also the question of, um, you know, uh, how much do you, like, how much do you need to do what you're trying to do for right now? Because I think sometimes, um, again, folks are encouraged to get funding without, uh, because that's the natural next step. And sometimes it's the right next step and sometimes it's not. Uh, so I think those are important conversations too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, going back to, to something that you said earlier around, you know, that piece of like, if you know why you're doing this work, um, something that I like to ask folks when I start coaching them is, um, you know, why are you the best person to be doing this? Exactly. Um, and that's not a challenge, um, but more, yeah, this invitation for reflection. 
Um, because typically, you know, if your heart is in the right place and you know why you're doing this work, it's a fairly easy answer. Um, you know, you either have some sort of like lived experience or lived expertise that makes you a good fit or, you know, you're seeing the community around you, the community that you're a part of um, and want to address that in some way and you feel like you can. Um, but if you can't answer that, then that's also a good thing to reflect on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've talked a little bit, um, you know, about the time that you have spent coaching um, and, you know, that kind of leads to these conversations around like changing things and moving things forward and transformation. Um, so now at Pillar, what you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, so um, my, uh, we, we, we've, been through some title changes, and so uh, so by by way of uh, title, I'm the VP of Transformation and Community-Based Economy. Um, and what that actually means is so much of the work that I'm connected with is certainly your work um, uh, with the Social Enterprise Incubator and um, Social Enterprise Coaching. Uh, I get to be connected, you know, arm's length to some of that work. Uh, I'm also connected with Verge Capital, our social finance program, uh, the Women of Ontario Social Enterprise Network, which is a province-wide program uh, uh, supporting both direct, you know, uh, capacity building or direct support for social entrepreneurs and, uh, and also working with folks who uh, provide support to entrepreneurs to help them understand uh, maybe different ways of thinking about the way how they do, how they approach their work. So, um, so providing that you know one-on-one -on -one, uh, connection to folks who are starting something, as well as supporting some necessary systems change um, in terms of you know kind of how we approach and think about business through an intersectional gender lens. Um, and uh, yeah, so I get to I get to you know sort of touch all of those programs and try to connect them back to our mission as an organization, our strategic plan, um, and ensure that we have a good sort of two-way flow around, um, you know, we, we have many years of providing support to charities and nonprofits um, and, uh, and, and moved into social enterprise a few years ago, um, you know, continuing to really um, do some network building and, um, you know, uh, engage in some some uh, uh, good movement within the sector. I, I hope um, as we listen to folks who directly need our support and uh, and consider um, you know what else we can do as an organization as we listen to and learn from the communities that we engage with. To sum it up, Rachel is a kind and wonderful human who is doing some really cool and incredible work. Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, I say I have written down here that normally we ask folks, um, you are my first episode. So <laughs> in the future, I will be asking folks um, to share a bit more with the audience about where they can find out more about their organization. I kind of cover that for Pillar. Yeah. So instead, can you share a social enterprise um, that you know that you support, that you care about, that you appreciate, um, and where they can find out more about that social enterprise? Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, the uh, as I was thinking about this, there was, I mean, of course, I've had the benefit of connecting with numerous social enterprises in, in my own work. Um, and I continue to hear about great organizations, both through the work that you do and, and that we do through Verge Capital and through Wozen. Um, and many of the other connections that we have in community, and I tend to operate that way anyway, but um, Salt Leisure Wear is the first, uh, first organization that came to mind for me, and um, they do, uh, I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like, leisure wears, active wear, um, and, uh, and particularly they have a line uh, with, of sort of adaptive clothing for folks who, um, uh, have medical devices, and, and uh, that's something that's actually near and dear to my heart. I have a loved one who may need those items someday, and uh, he's, a, he's not quite in their um, age range in this moment, but one day um, I think he'd be uh, right in their target market, so um, very near and dear to my heart, and I think a really cool one because they, have, uh, they are a Verge investee, so um, a great way to find out more about them is to visit the Verge Capital website and check out the story about them. They also went through the Libro Social Enterprise Incubator. Uh, you and I coached them together, actually, as we were transitioning our roles and, um, and have also been connected to the Women of Ontario Social Enterprise Network. So it's a great blend of, like, personally, I care about the work that they're doing. And uh, they recently did a pop-up in our, in our physical space as well. So um, I think also a, a great example of um, kind of making really honestly, I think, good um, Good use of the of the various supports that uh, Pillar offers as well. <laughs> uh, I would agree. Um, okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. Um, as you know, I I'm always thrilled to uh, speak with you. And Me too. Thank you for being our very first guest. Thank you so much. This is I've been looking forward to this <laughs> for some time, and I am thrilled to be part of it. Okay, so I have one more question. It's one that we want to be asking everyone before we sign off. Can you share one thing that is bringing you joy in this moment? It can be anything off the top of your head, first thing that pops in. Uh, you won't be surprised to hear <laughs> that it is my dog. Yeah. Uh, this morning, <laughs> this morning when I was leaving the house, he did not want me to go. He ran into a box uh, as he was saying goodbye to me and then began limping like something had really transpired in a big way for him. So I stayed for another five minutes, gave him some snuggles. I left the house. My husband texted me to say that he's walking just fine. So <laughs> <laughs> he is the best. He sure is. <laughs> Rachel's dog's name is Falcor, and he is just as magnificent and magical and absolutely delightful as his namesake. Thank you once again to Rachel Verdan, Vice President of Transformation and Community-Based Economy here at Pillar Nonprofit Network. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about Pillar as an organization and the work being done, head on over to our website at pillarnonprofit.ca. Um, and thank you again for joining in on the first episode of Pollinating Purpose, A Caring Approach to Business. Once again, I am your host, your guide, your business bud, Mariam Waliji, and it has been a pleasure getting to chat with you. Thank you for joining us on this ride, um, and we'll catch you next time.